Rise up, young man. Rise up, young lady. You are not alone. No matter what you're going through, it is going to pass. You're going to come out the other side. Keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today, <laughs> Jose. Thank you so much for giving us your time, man. Yeah, for I sure. Know you're busy. You grind every <laughs> single time matter to you. So thank you so much for making this time matter to you. For sure. How are you feeling? I'm feeling super excited. You know, I'm just happy. You know, and I'm I'm just happy to, you know, help help you out on whatever this is. But bro, uh, you're always happy. Huh? No, yeah, and I love it. I feel like <laughs> I just I feel like that's, that's a big you. part of me. Yeah, no, and I love it. Definitely, definitely. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, awesome. So my name is Jose Martinez. Um, I was born in El Salvador, came down to Houston, Texas when I was one, so most of my life here in Texas. And I feel like I'm a very energetic person, um, and I love the news. I'm a journalism major, wow. journalism and plan too. Wow. And um, I, I'm loving it so far here at UT. You know, um, it's, it's just wonderful. And I like, you know, things like, sports i like i like video uh, i like shooting video yes sir. and i just i love talking to people definitely all the time definitely i yeah. i it's when we met the first time we had that uh we just bought it's like we know each other like, <laughs> hey how you doing every yeah. time you see me you, you speak yeah every time i see you i speak that's amazing yeah that's, yeah that's amazing bro so you you were born in el salvador mm -hmm. right? and you came here when you were one year old yeah one year old right? three days actually before my first birthday wow yeah wow. but basically yeah one year <laughs> about old. The, about the, you came with your family what made you guys leave so basically when i every time i ask my parents what made them leave they're like well you know i would say it's three things mm -hmm. that's what my dad would say he said economic inequality mm -hmm. government corruption and gang violence and then if he had to add anything else, it'd be obviously like what any other immigrant comes for, for better opportunities. Wow. But the reason they wanted better opportunities was because of the government corruption and the gang violence and the inequalities that were going on back in Central America. Wow. And you landed in Houston. Houston, that's right. You know, uh, uh, we already had family here, so we were like, hey, let's go explore Houston. Age. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah. Yes, sir. How was growing up for you in Houston? Well, you know, it really changed. Um, since I got here until like 10 years old, I lived in the southwest part of Houston in this area by A-Leaf, Sharpstown, mm -hmm. which is an area known to have a lot of gang violence, yes, a lot sir. of drug issues. And, you know, you could see it, like, at least in, within my friends, a lot of them were involved in that stuff. And, for, like, fortunately, I moved out of that area around that time, so mm -hmm. I didn't get involved in that, but I was about to get involved in that. But around, so it was, I mean, it was definitely, like, a whole bunch of culture that was amazing. But there were a lot of, like, also sides, like, dangerous areas and all that stuff. But around the age of 10, I think, I moved out to Northwest Houston, like mm -hmm. the Cypress area. And that was a little bit more like safer. It was more relaxed. It wasn't uh, still like a wealthy area. It was by no means wealthy. It was still, like more just, you know, um, lower middle class area. So we were still very well off. And, you know, my parents were always there for me. I had a great support system. 
and they allowed me to explore a whole bunch of things and i did you know i did cross country i did track i did theater wow. i did audio and video and it was so fun seeing everything i tried soccer i didn't do well at soccer i was the first one cut and tryouts <laughs> so soccer was not my thing but in the other ones i did well you missed me i was gonna ask you when did your soccer career end? oh <laughs> no i was terrible at that I was terrible Ooh, yes, So your family uh, com- coming to this new country, very different from the culture where mm-hmm. uh, communities are m- influenced to, to be individualized, right? Uh, it's not so, you don't have family around stuff. How did they adapt? How did they adapt being here, knowing that all their family, the people they know are back home? Yeah, so every time they always tell me a big thing was language barriers. And that, that got in the way a lot of getting jobs, getting... Um, just getting connections to see, okay, where can I find an apartment? But also another good thing about Houston is that the Hispanic population there is huge. So despite their language barriers, they were still able to find opportunities through friends, through family. And, um, you know, like any immigrant, you know, the hustle, you know, going door to door, going business to business. Hey, do you have a job opening? Hey, do you wow. have this and that? So my parents, you know, they did that a lot. And over the past, you know, over the last, what is it, what year are we in? So over the past 18 years, they have really like, their efforts, I feel like have gotten realized. Like they've they've been fruitful because now they're more stable, they're happier. Um, but it was definitely a lot of hard work. So through adapting, it was just like you say, the hustle, man. They had to nonstop, nonstop, and that was for the sake of my sister and I, just so we can have like a better life and all that. Wow, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, what were some of the biggest hardships you had to face growing up? Some of the challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say some of the biggest challenges was like, are you asking like personally? Personally. Um, I feel like the fear of being judged was a big part. And because like I said, my parents, they give me a lot of freedom to explore my passions. They were never the type to be like, no, you have to go to, you have to study this or no, you have to join these clubs. They were very free. They were like, Hey, do what you love. And I was like, okay, great. But the thing is, I was always scared of like, nah, what are people going to think about me? But something that defeated that, um, my freshman year of high school, You know, you have to take an art class mm-hmm. in like high school or something. I chose digital arts, but they accidentally put me into theater. And I was like, what is this? I shouldn't be in theater. Wow. I ended up staying for four years. Wow. <laughs> I loved it. And what I learned from theater was, hey, either way, no matter what you do, people are going to judge you. So yeah. you might as well do what you love. So I've been trying to follow that as strongly as possible. Yes, and I've been doing that. That was a big challenge at the beginning, you know, Ooh, fear of judgment, you know. And I feel like it's very prevalent still nowadays and it's to like two people in general. But... At the end of the day, people are going to judge, so I feel like you can tackle that on, like, hey, be happy. You know, you have one shot at it. Go get it. Yeah, go get it, man. That's yes, that's the tea, you know, like, just yes, go sir. at it. Bro, the first time the first time I, I remember recognizing the, your presence, like, you in my presence, right, is I was just studying in this space, <laughs> and you were in Blackstone, and you were, you were talking about... Uh, that you had to go to Houston for three <laughs> hours and then had to hustle back. Uh, and in my mind, I'm like, wow, this is the biggest hustler. <laughs> like, because this guy go get it. I mean, to drive three hours, come back, and after class and stuff, it's like you're full-time student, <laughs> extra full-time entrepreneur. Like, what was that? Can you tell a little bit about that experience? Yeah, so the only reason this was, this was even possible was because of a program here on campus called CELL. Mm-hmm. Um, which stands for the Social Entrepreneurship Learning Lab. Yes, sir. And the thing about sales is that they help you find solutions, innovative solutions to social problems that you care about. And in my case, based on my parents' immigration status and based on the hardships they go through, I chose um, gang violence mm-hmm. because that's what affected them. And it's causing disruption. Even nowadays, people are leaving their country because of gang violence. 
So then it was up to me to either decide, okay, am I going to work on gang rehabilitation or gang prevention? And gang rehabilitation is too dangerous, so mm-hmm. I focus on gang prevention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after that, a big part of, like, any enterprise, you know, it's, like, beneficiary interviews, you know, interviews, trying to see what the consumer wants. You know, we can't assume what they want. So we ask them, hey, what do you need, right? More human-centered design. So we asked these students, hey, what do you want? And a lot of them told us, you know, we just, the teachers here don't care about us. We don't have a strong support system at home. We're not working on what we love. Mm-hmm. And this and that, so we're like, you know what? Let's let's bring it to them. Let's start something called passion pieces and have them work on a passion project, something that they love, you know, um, and pair them up with, I mean, I'm sorry, with college students, pair these middle school students up with college students down in Southwest Houston. Mm-hmm. And a big part of so also is that you want to keep it sustainable. Whatever you're working on, you want to keep constant revenue coming in. You don't want it to be just like a nonprofit that relies on donations. Um, yeah. You want to keep it sustainable. So one way we did it was creating a freelancer model mm-hmm. where let's say you have a middle school student that loves video. He loves shooting video but he doesn't have a strong support system. He doesn't have the resources at school. So you pair him up with a college student who loves doing video as well. Okay, so you have that gap. So, okay, awesome. You have you have the parent, the parent now, right? And they can work on videos together, but now how do you make money off of it? Well, a lot of small businesses need video, but freelancers or video producers charge too much money. But what if you have a talented college student working with a middle school student on that video? So you charge the business a smaller amount you know, like a freelancer, like let's say $200 per video. Yes, the small business is willing to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So they pay the college student and the middle school student to make a video for them. And the money goes straight back into passion pieces. And the way I verify that, because I'm a freelancer myself, back in Houston, I did tons. I do video. I do a lot of, I'm a, I mean, I can, hope you can see my shirt filmmaker. <laughs> filmmaker. Yeah, no, I love making videos. I do films. I do promos for restaurants, for some local politicians in the Houston area. Um, and now I'm doing videos for a local newspaper in Austin. So I love doing video and I'm a freelancer. I charge these newspapers, these businesses, these politicians money and I make video for them. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, I was thinking, I was like, I love what I'm doing. This is my passion and I'm making money off of it. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't someone else, we can we can monetize that. Um, but at the same time, not exploiting any child, of, oh, course, of course, none of that, no. I mean, Passion Pieces was based on a nonprofit. So we're not making any profit. So the only thing that happened is that these kids, they got to work on what they love they had that support system, the, the college student, because they said, we don't want a high school student. That's too close. Yeah. We don't want an adult. They don't understand us. Yeah. But they said, college student, that's what we want. Yeah. So if we were to put them together, then have them get real experience by working for a business. Exactly. Then they get that experience. And then the business also pays and it goes straight back into passion pieces. So you keep it sustainable. And keep them busy from the game. Exactly. And that's what it was. Right after school, we tried to help them see, hey, what are you interested in? Are you interested in video? Are you interested in art, music, that type of stuff? Just literally getting them to find out things that they would otherwise not know. Bro, you are a freelancer. <laughs> Bro, it, you are a full-time student, right? Yeah. But you decided to defy the odds. Many <laughs> students come to this university thinking, I need to study hard, make sure I got a good GPA, get a good job, and go out there before I start changing the world. <laughs> you decided to, like, you need to hustle right now and start building your legacy, right? Yeah. Yes, you are at a college to learn about video, but you do not have to wait until you finish learning before you start building your legacy. I'm so glad you said what that. What gave you the motivation to to do this, man? Uh-huh. No, I'm super glad you said that because I feel like a lot of people do think that, like, no, I'm going to get my education first and then wait. Why? The time is now, like, to take action. You know, and I feel like a lot of that comes from, like, just built-in passion. You know, if you really have passion for something, like, at least for me, the case was, like, I love this so much. I don't want to wait. I want to get to work. Like, and then I'm, and then you're faced with those things. Like, man, but you need to wait till you get experience. Like, no, the best experience is doing it, failing, failing. You know, one thing that 
um, I really think fail actually just stands for first attempt in learning. Mm -hmm. The more you fail, the more you'll learn. So, I mean, I started that in high school, you know, just reaching out to a local politician. And he's actually a state representative now. Wow. So I'm so excited. You know, I've been a video for him and he's like in office and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm glad. I got that was you. wonderful. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying my video just helped him win, yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying at least I helped somehow. Of course. And with small businesses, of course, I just, it's just about taking action, you know, reaching out. You know, you never know what might take you. Do what you can. Exactly. But bro, you 19, 20, <laughs> 21, like there are so many, there are 28, 38 people who, who, yes, they have passions. Everybody has ideas, but many people have hard time at taking steps toward making a realization. What, what gave you the self sense of self-control to say, okay, this is on me. I have a family. Yes, I'm young. But I can. This is the time for me to start taking actions and start creating my legacy right now. Yeah. You know what I would say? One thing I started doing young for sure was brainwashing myself. And that sounds negative, but yeah. I mean like brainwashing myself with positivity. Yes, sir. So what I would say is the music I listen to, the pages I follow on Instagram, on social media, the people I surround myself with, I make sure that it's all positive and it's all hardworking. You know, I'm sure at Blackstone you feel that, right? Mm -hmm. Every time you're there surrounded by insanely talented people positive people so i made sure to do that since a young age um so that it just becomes a habit so i made sure to, that become a habit of me and naturally you just start becoming like that you know positive and you start becoming like you know i gotta make take action i gotta do this i gotta do that and but i guess to answer your question how did you how did you take that step right it was just about realizing you know a lot of times you just realize like everyone realizes man life is going by so fast mm -hmm. you know it might feel slow at times but it just blinks so fast and i think it's Taking risks, you know, like you have nothing to lose, you know. But the worst thing that's gonna happen if you take a risk and it doesn't work, you learn from it, and that's not bad at all. You go back to exactly. class. Exactly, <laughs> and the thing is, a lot of times too, class can be too like, it's not that it's bad, I love academics, you know, it's mm -hmm. great, but also, I mean, it's about creating true impact, right? Yeah. And I feel like you can be limited if you just stay stuck to a textbook. You should also take action, you know, humanity, at the end of the day, it's about interacting with people. So interact with humanity, to, you know, take risks, help people out, See what can be done. If it doesn't work, it's okay. We're young, you know. We're like, I mean, I'm 19, right? I'm not even 20. But there's even if you're 21, 20, even if you're 25, even if you're 30, you're still so early in the game. Like, mm -hmm. you have the rest of your life to make mistakes and, like, still figure out what works, what doesn't. Like, I yes, think that's sir. what it's about. What does entrepreneurship mean to you? Entrepreneurship means taking immediate action. Even I would say to create social impact. Yes, sir. Even even if it's not, yeah, I would definitely say that. You need that why. You need the need. Exactly. Need that, that why. I feel yes, so sir. important. If you don't have that why, it's like, it's not there. You know, like it's not gonna, it's not gonna take you far. But if you have a why, that's the driving force. That's amazing, bro. What was your first entrepreneurial experience? I was definitely when I started freelancing. I would say, like, what was it? The reason I even started freelancing is because I didn't have my work permit yet. Yeah. So I was still waiting on the whole immigration thing and I didn't have a work permit. So I couldn't make money and I needed money. You know, I was like, I need to start saving up for college or not even. I was like, I want to like just be able to have money, right, to help out my parents. Yes, sir. So I was like, I don't know how to make money. But the thing is, I love make, doing videos. So I was like, honestly, why don't I just charge people? Like, why don't I offer my services, my video services? So I remember the first paid project they was for a local politician. Well, that's an office right now. Mm -hmm. And I just sent him an email because I, I was thinking, okay, I was like, if I'm going to make money, I have to make sure I love what I'm doing. If I don't love what I'm doing, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just, I feel like that's a big, that's a big rule that I said in my life. If I don't enjoy what I'm doing, I'm not going to do it. Definitely. Pl like simply put. And I've cut out a lot of stuff in my life that I don't like doing. But I was like, okay, if I'm going to make money, I want to make sure I love what I'm doing. So I was like, okay, I like politics a lot. And I like video. And I was like, elections are coming up. 
why don't you do a video for a local politician? So I reached out to the politician. His name is John Rosenthal. Um, and he answered. He was like, hey, yeah, let's meet. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then um, <laughs> I was amazing. in high school. Yeah, and it was so exciting. And then he was like, all right, let's work on a video. So he told me where to meet up. We shot a video. I edited it. I gave it to him, and he published it. And then I made a few, like one, I think one more video for him after that. Yeah, I made one more for him after that. And I mean, he won the election. It was very exciting. After that, I got the, like the, what's it called? Like just the driving force too. I was like, okay, this is awesome. I actually made money from doing what I love. Mm -hmm. Let me do it again. I did it for another candidate. Unfortunately, he lost. Um, he was in a more area, like he was in an area where the, uh, the opposing party mm -hmm. had more um, favorable, like, you know, votes. Yeah. Um, but then I started, you know, contacting businesses, contacting, you know, all these type of stuff. So I feel like that's how it started. That's amazing. That's amazing. So do you feel like that your background, I'm sure you had all the love you need growing up, mm -hmm. but you still, your parents coming from, uh, coming from uh, El Salvador, they had a lot of things taken away from them because they had to sacrifice a lot. So you didn't grow up with much, right? Did that background motivate you? Do you feel like you have to go as hard because you feel like you have to, you have to create, you have to like, your name, the name that's connected to you is like a name that needs to last. You need to build that legacy. Do you feel like you need to create something for the people that will come after you? Nah, yeah, th I definitely think so. I feel like I was very fortunate that I grew up here in the United States because yeah. there's more, more opportunity here than in El Salvador. Um, and things, sometimes I, I even feel guilty sometimes, you know, which wow. is I, like, I'm like, man, there's some people that didn't have the opportunity. Like, my parents took the chance to come. A lot of parents back there didn't. They didn't take their kids here, mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing. Maybe they decided, you know, I think we're just going to stay here. Yeah. But now they don't have the same education opportunities. They don't have their, like, the contacts that you would have here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, I feel like we're, I, I'm, like, I'm in, like, I feel like all of us, we're in a position to help out those that don't have the same opportunities as us, you know. Mm -hmm. And then they were all human. Like, we all just want to be happy, right? So we should help each other to be happy as best as, like, as we can. And a lot of there, a lot of the, Problems are gang violence, a lot of like corruption. They don't have education opportunities. So if I can inspire, even motivate anyone back there or even around here, other DACA students, um, that would be great. You know, and not even just DACA, undocumented students, um, or even people that have citizenship and just don't have the motivation. Hey, you know, if we can do it, y'all can do it too. We, you know, we're here to help each other. We're not. Yeah, there's a competitive aspect to everything. You know, mm -hmm. who's gonna get to the top? But at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, we we just want to be happy. So let's just help each other out. Definitely, definitely. So at a young age, you, you decided to become an entrepreneur. You decided to, to critical think and come up with ways to hustle and figure out a way to get yourself into college and help put money in your pocket. But you didn't stop there, right? Inside you, from the beginning, you had that passion of helping people. Even though you left El Salvador when you were one years old, but you remember that why you, why you guys had to leave because of the gang violence. You decided to help students. And furthermore, today you decided to get into cell one of the greatest organizations here helping student entrepreneurs who want to do social entrepreneurship, right? What's your motivation? What's your passion about helping people, helping young people in this kind of area? Yeah, so after, so the last two semesters, not this one, the last two I was working on, so I was a, I was a, I was a fellow under Cell, and I was working on the venture, working this, testing it out, and then I was thinking, I was like, you know, they have been such a wonderful support system the cell board has been there just to help us, literally help us be happy, help us create social impact. And I was like, I want to help other students do that. And I just think it's wonderful, you know, being able to, it's like an exponential, you know, you, once you create one change maker, you create multiple change makers. And you know, that's the motto of cell, you know, we create change makers, you know, so 
I feel like if you create one change maker, they're able to create more change makers. And you just see multiple social impact going on throughout life. Yes, sir. And that's why, like, at least now I plan to be on board and I'm on board now mm-hmm. and sell. And that's just what I came from doing, you know, helping out students, you know, I ideate, you know, a big part of it is like, don't jump straight into a solution, jump into the problem, why you care about it, and then researching that problem. Solutions come last. Yeah. If you understand the problem better, you want to have a better solution. solution we don't want to assume a solution, right? We yeah. want to ask our beneficiaries, hey, what's up? You know, what's going on? And I just love seeing the passion in people. I mean, everyone's interested in different stuff. You know, some yeah. people are interested in climate change. Some people are interested in social inequality. Some people are interested in human rights and injustice, other urban infrastructure. Yes, so seeing why they care about it and helping them, you know, build tangible action steps and a plan to solve that is wonderful. That's amazing. So many people do not understand this, brother. <laughs> it's like people like I say us, people like us, after we finish our products, after people see us do the things that we're trying to do, they let say, wow, that's amazing. But many people do not really understand the work that has to go through it. Sometimes as 19, 20, 21 <laughs> years old, right? Yes, we're trying to build this thing that we don't know how to, but we want to control it. We want to be able to start taking actions right now but we still feel like sometimes there's days that we wake up and we don't want to do we just want to be focused on college right we have exams whooping us here right and stuff like that can you talk about where you get your motivation to wake up every day and chase your dream yeah okay so i would say it's what you mentioned earlier like the why right and i feel like that takes a lot of self-reflection this summer i had to do a whole bunch of that i was back home and honestly, I wasn't very happy with life. You know, I was thinking, I was like, something's missing. You know, something's lacking. And then I did a whole bunch of self-reflection. And I would play devil's advocate with myself. Wow. Which is like, I would I would make a statement about what I feel right now. And I'd be like, okay, why do I feel like that? Like, really dig at myself, seeing what is going on. Why am I thinking this way? What has caused it? And the big part is, you have to be real with yourself. Wow. I can't lie to myself. So I was being honest with myself. Then I realized, I was like, okay, this one makes me happy. Then I had that why. And then I was all like, okay, you know what? Now I'm going to solve it. So, I mean, if I give you an example, is I changed my major this past summer wow. um, to journalism. Okay. And I couldn't have been happier. I literally feel so happy. What were you doing before that? Economics. Okay. And I love economics. That's yeah. the thing. But honestly, I wasn't completely happy in it. It wasn't fact, the I was, Something was missing. I was like, it wasn't the I got to be happy from before years studying this. And yeah. I realized I was like, I like social issues and I like videos and I like informing people. I was like, oh, that's journalism. I didn't know why I didn't choose that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But, um... No, I feel like it's, it takes a lot of self-reflection. And once I figured out playing devil's, devil's advocate with myself, I was like, I realized everything I was mad on in the world. I was like, man, the government's so polarized. Like, for example, DACA, they haven't made a decision on since what? Like, such years. They keep playing, like, like toss with it. You know, oh, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And, like, goodness, you, people's lives are literally at stake. Like, my, I feel like I'm getting played with. Like, Trump, I think, just made, like, a tweet about it. Like, DACA students of, like, uh, DACA recipients a few like yesterday I think a few days ago and I just feel like oh my god if he takes it off I'm literally like financial aid's gone out the window I'm not gonna be able to work my parents are gonna be more stressed out wow. it's this whole issue and I'm like oh and then but then that's when I started thinking I was like, okay what's even causing this polarization from both sides from both parties or whatever parties there are right polarization it ruins off on their own sides they're not willing to understand each other mm-hmm. but every part of it also is like when it comes when people are being informed they stick only to what to something that can affirm their beliefs and they stick to like you know I'm gonna just watch the news that agree with me, you know, and that's where like conservative or liberal news outlets come. And the thing is, I, I just want people to be objective and see all sides of the story. 
I don't want just people. I also, I also wouldn't like people to just report, oh, no, DACA is just good. DACA is just this. I, I want people to see all sides of the story. And I feel like that's where journalism comes in, and it's important where if you're going to send a message to people, whether it be through video, whether it be through podcasts, whether it be through whatever, you want to give them all the facts necessary so that they can make an informed decision and so that they can make um, a wise decision based on what they like. And, I mean, that's democracy, you know. And I feel if people were more, like, open-minded and not polarized, a lot of problems could be solved more easily. Of course, there's still going to be disagreements, but I feel like there won't be so much animosity. And I want to do everything I can through journalism, through that. And actually, and that just came through self-reflection. I mean, the process was much longer than what I just said. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if anyone takes time to be real with themselves, okay, what is making me sad? Is it, is it that, I don't know, that I'm, this class, I'm honestly just not enjoying it. Is it that my parents are forcing me to do this? Is it that... I don't know, I might be insecure about this, whatever it is. You just got to be real with yourself and see how you can solve that. And taking small steps, you know, it's not going to be solved overnight. It's a long yes, process. Sir. Yes, sir. Who's your role model? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely say, it might sound cliche, but it's definitely my parents. Uh-huh. It's definitely my parents. They're like, they have this sense of like positivity and energy. And they're very, at the same time, they're very like go-getters, like ambitious. But at the same time, they know how to take a step back and relax. And I feel that's super important. I feel like a lot of us can, can, can get caught up in just like, we got to grind all the time, 24-7, this and that, which is good, you know, because we want to create change. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we need to take a step back and find ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because if we find ourselves, we're going to be able to create even more change. You know, if we take that's care of ourselves, right. we can create, we can take better selves of the world, right? So my parents are just like that. They're able to grind super hard, but then they know when to take a step back. And I feel like if that's still something I'm struggling with, you know, like, and that comes into whole like me- like mental health, like just normal health in general, like nutrition, eating, sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to take care of all that. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect, and I'm definitely not. You know, I definitely need more sleep. I need to eat better. <laughs> um, you got a lot of stuff on your plate, man. Yeah, exactly. Trying to change the world at 21. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and then the thing is, we need to still take care of ourselves, and I feel like that's something very important. Definitely. You know? That's amazing, bro. That's amazing. So this is the last. Uh, this is the last uh, segment right here. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing I've been trying to do. It's called the Mamba mentality. Right? Okay. And the idea <laughs> of the Mamba mentality. So this is you just say, okay, I use the Mamba mentality to be able to do this. So the idea is that the Mamba mentality is like the mentality to hustle, to okay. be a grinder, to do whatever it takes to go get what you need. Uh-huh. Right. I can't go to give you an example like how it goes. So. So I used the member mentality about three weeks ago to get a better job for one of this program that I that I had. So this program called Atlantis mm-hmm. hired twenty interns, right? Mm-hmm. We all came in, and uh, the job it consists of hustling to go get um, to go get leads, right? We're trying mm-hmm. to get more people uh, to do our program, mm-hmm. which is a program to go shadow abroad. Mm-hmm. So we all, 20 interns came in and we said, okay, we pay you guys 12 hours. You need to pay, you need to work 10 hours a week and give us at least 50 people who are interested in our program. I'm like, okay. So what I did, I worked a little bit extra hard. In three weeks, I killed all the other interns. Nice. and got like, instead of 50, I got like 75 crazy. interns a week, right? And after that, when the, Every time he called me, hey, Mama, do look like you're ahead of the game. <laughs> I'm like, okay. After three weeks, I'm like, you know, I have an idea. How about you hire me as this ambassador <laughs> support so yeah. I can take care of these interns yeah. and take them off your hands? It looked like he was having trouble. Uh-huh. And also maybe increase my salary. For <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that I was able to hustle and prove that I was able to do it, and then I used the mentality to help. Mm-hmm. 
and I also love helping people. Uh-huh. So I decided to take time, uh, extra times to help the people that were struggling to d- ha- do better their job and mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? So no, that's the great. Mamba mentality. <laughs> okay, so you want me to do something similar? Yeah. Do you want me to explain it as well, long or just short? Whatever you feel like. Wh- when did you use the mamba mentality? You know, honestly, I use a mamba mentality just around the same time, like a month ago, four weeks ago, yeah. um, right after switching for to journalism, I was like, you know what? I'm just taking intro classes. I should wait till I get experience and then go out and do jobs. But then I was like, no, let's use the mama mentality. You know, yeah, I was yeah. like, we're going to get work done right now. And I was like, okay, what do I want to do in journalism? I want to do journalism in Spanish. I want to report on social issues to the Hispanic, to the Hispanic community. So then I reached out to the biggest newspaper, uh, to the biggest Hispanic pa- newspaper in Houston. I told the editor, I was like, hey, I just would like, love to get to know you. She ended up giving me a story to work on. And for the first time, I got published last Wednesday. Wow. And also yesterday, no, two days ago, Wednesday. Uh, well, Thursdays, I'm sorry. They get published on Thursdays. They're a weekly newspaper, I El Mundo, it, here yeah. in Austin. Yeah, I actually, and the thing is, that's just what I came from doing today. Um, I have the newspaper right here. It's my wow. second publication. And that's the thing, the mama mentality. You know, I just switched into journalism. Mm-hmm. And I'm like already, like, it's all about taking action. And I already have two publications in a, in a Hispanic newspaper. So that's what it's about. It's about taking action, you know, yes, not sir. waiting, you know. I could have waited. And the thing is, I'm getting so much experience from this, learning, okay, I need to improve my writing, I need to improve my Spanish, I need to improve this and that, you know, through getting action. So that's a mama mentality, at least in that case, recently, that was it. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you, Jose, no, thank for you, giving man. us your time. This is awesome. Yes, sir. So there you have it, people. Thank you so much for tuning into the Mamba Inspire You Are Not Alone podcast. We have another great story next episode. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Twitter, and Instagram for updates. Look up Mamba Inspire.